Welcome to Queer Narratives Beirut, a podcast about gender and sexual diversity in Lebanon's capital. You're listening to the first episode of our Letters to Queer Narratives Beirut. We asked our listeners to send us messages with their own stories, their thoughts on the podcast, and messages to Lebanon's LGBTQI community. Letter number one is from Ellie, who told us his story of growing up in a religious family in the south of Lebanon. Hey, I'm Ellie. I'm a 26-year-old genderqueer gay person. I usually go by the pronouns he, him. Uh, it's taken me over eight years to come into this identity. But let me set the scene of where it all started, kind of. It was the summer after my first year in university. It was also the summer after my very first real breakup. My first relationship with a guy taught me so much. It taught me drama. It taught me about myself. And it somewhat got me to accept my sexuality. At least the gay part. And that's something coming from a back then devout church boy. Yeah, so that summer, I had decided I would experiment more as a way to get over the breakup and also as a way to break in my newly found acceptance. That plan was nowhere near perfect, I tell you. You know, I had chosen which university to go to, mostly based on how far it was from my hometown. And by that, I mean it was the farthest place in Lebanon I could choose. And I had decided to keep my life separated between that and hometown and that, well, anywhere but hometown, obviously. It made sense to be uh, as careful as possible. Let's just say I wasn't particularly on good grounds with the people back home. Plus, almost all towns in Lebanon are pretty much conservative and homophobic. So I guess you'd get my decision. Point is, my hormonal 17-year-old brain decided to disregard completely such an essential rule and try and experiment back home. So I found this guy on fake Facebook. You know, back then there was no grinder, and I don't think I had discovered Manjam yet. So anyway, this guy lives, uh, lived, lives in the neighboring town and we decided to meet after chatting for like a week or so I took my car and drove there to pick him up and we parked at what looked like a pretty isolated olive grove so we went down for a walk and we were just holding hands and laughing maybe a kiss or two had slipped out I guess at some point I felt watched Not the kind of paranoia you get when you're scared of being caught. No, but like actually watched, watched. So this olive grove is on this kind of hill. uh, And there's a road that runs above it, basically. I was just looking there and had noticed two guys staring at us from the road and pointing. I immediately knew we were screwed. So we walked back to the car as fast as possible. Only to find another guy standing there Uh, he identified himself as a member of the intelligence services those guys are usually pretty common around those parts considering we were pretty close to the border of the occupied lands 
from the occupied lands. So he asked me what was going on. I told him that we were just walking and it's cool. He clearly didn't buy it and sent one of his lackeys to check out if there was anything there. I told him obviously there's nothing there and we don't want any trouble and that we'll just leave and let's try keep this old hush-hush. Honestly, he didn't look like the kind of guy to keep anything hush-hush. And I was certain he'd go and report it. I mean, not only was it obvious that uh, we would be charged under that stupid 534 penal code, but also seeing as I was 17 and the other guy was 15, that might have gotten an extra charge on sexual harassment of a minor. Suffice to say, I was in the sheds. I directly went to the priest at my church, as we were actually on pretty good terms. Um, and I knew uh, he could check out if there were any problems that would might arise. So after I told him the story, uh, he listened carefully. He threw in some questions, basically questioning my sexuality and, you know, the usual religious talk thing. I mean, we all know how this would go. Anyway, he told me not to worry. He allegedly... Uh, allegedly talked to the intelligence station a day after and they'd apparently gotten the report so he called me back and told me that they had intended to basically summon me and interrogate me but because of his position and my predicament they had offered the compromise which is for me to write a confession with the priest about the incident and about my sexuality, uh, the reasons of why I'm gay and like, you know, psychological mumbo jumbo, some weird perverted Lebanese, I don't, it's a pretty messed up thing. Uh, yeah, so write a confession and more or less pay a fine and the issue would be wiped away, so to speak. So being the panicked, naive teenager that I was, I agreed to that. Obviously, I couldn't pay any fine because I didn't have any money. But he assured me that he would take care of it. So I wrote that confession and we paid the fine. And then a week later, he tells me that he can't be held accountable if any of the people at the station go and talk to my parents about it. Again, seeing that it's more or less a small town, it wouldn't be surprising if the word got to my parents. So the priest suggested I should tell them myself first. Best way to come out, right? I told him, to th I'll think about it. But I can only come out to my mom, seeing that I had a much better relationship with her than with dad. Um... Dad was mostly out of the picture throughout my childhood. I mean, I'm not blaming him or anything, but work had him tied down in more ways than I could explain. But I digress. Uh, so I told my mom. Uh, I came out to her. And she didn't really take it that well. And the priest and I decided that it would be better if he talked to my dad. Which he did while I went back to uni. I distinctly remember it was a Sunday night and I had gone back to university that day. 
that took it even less well. It was a month of fighting, by the end of which I had told them that, yes, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix myself and that this is all behind us. Basically, I told them that I'll cure myself of my gayness. It worked, oddly enough, but honestly, it was killing me on the inside to have to lie to my mom. Because I'd expected our relationship to be way better than that. So, a couple months later, I had decided I want to come clean with, with her. And tell her that I don't want to lie to her or involve dad in this anymore. Again, it was a Sunday uh, when I came out to her for the second time. And specifically said not to tell that. Guess what she went and done that night? Yeah, that night was horrendous to say the least. I had gone back to the dorms that day and got the call from my dad at night. There was shouting, there were threats of disownment, uh, pulling me out of uni, uh, locking me in my room, uh, labor, something. Honestly, most of it is just a blur. But at the moment, I remember I told my mom that she broke my trust and that it's never coming back and that I would never forgive her for it. I'll comment more on that later. Uh, it took like three months or so to kind of convince them that this time it's for real, that I'm cured or something. I, they didn't believe it. Uh, so the couple of years that followed were basically uh, passive aggressive behavior from both our ends. It would come up every once in a while and I would just act all pissed about uh, how it's in the past. You know, a mother always knows whether you choose to believe it, whether she chooses to believe it, or neither. I guess she just ignored it for all that time. But my attitude towards both my parents had changed drastically, and it was obvious. I mean, the way I talk, the way I behave, um, everything. I was now more of the quiet, non-fabulous, grumpy version of myself. At least whenever I was back home. Uh, things like these really put a weight on your mental health. I had um, lost my mom, sort of speak. I mean, if you can understand that. I felt broken for the longest time. I really never forgave her. Well, until my most recent breakup which had taken such a toll on me that I went into this spiral of depression and anxiety and I knew I'd need uh, to get myself to a shrink. So I had to come out to my mom for a third time. And by that time, which was like two years ago almost from now, uh, yeah, by that time I was more able to explain to her the workings of life and how it's all uh, natural normal you know what i mean i think by that time my mom had understood that if she didn't try to accept me that she would lose me and she definitely didn't want that to happen so yeah after i came out for a third time i sort of forgave her 
I mean, look, our relationship is still wonky at best, but it's a work in progress, I suppose. As for my dad, well, at least this time she didn't tell him anything. At least not that I know of, or not that he'd said anything so far, I guess. You know, after my incident, I made it my mission to talk to people who might feel lost about their gender uh, or sexuality or about sex in general. I mean, even straight people. We desperately, we so desperately need a proper sex education program in Lebanon. Honestly, it's horrible. People are suppressed. They're scared. They're ignorant. I just... I just want people to know it'll be okay once you find yourself, once you learn about the workings of life and sex and how culture is repressive and regressive and basically accept yourself despite all that. You know, it's much easier these days with social media and open access knowledge. For me, I went through my self-discovery all by myself, all alone. But now, none of us have to be alone. We're all there for each other. I mean, we should be in the light of all this discrimination we still face in Lebanon. So, I mean, reach out to your local NGO, surround yourself with friends who will stand by you. And I can't stress this enough. Talk to a therapist if you need to or if you can afford it. And if not, there's plenty of NGOs out there that will help you find one. Maybe someday we'll have our parents more open to the idea that all the colors of the rainbow exist in Lebanon. Until then, love yourself the way you are and stay safe. Love and peace. Bye. With special thanks to Ellie. Want us to broadcast your messages? Record it on your phone and email it to us at queernarrativesbeirut at gmail.com. Queer Narratives Beirut is a collaboratively produced word-of-mouth podcast made with support from Mansion and The Outpost magazine and produced alongside the Radio Mansion project in June 2018, supported by Chase Consortium. Share your stories and find out more at queernarrativesbeirut.com.